When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by Indeed.com. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, as always, joined by my faves, H.R. Blakely and Gary Washburn. How y'all doing after this past week? Better than the Celtics. Better than the Celtics. Fair point, fair point, Gary. How have you been, Gary? Oh, really good. Really good. Everything is good. Good, Kwani. Thank you for asking. Of course. So let's, let's get right into the Celtics. I know everybody's freaking out right now as to what is happening in Boston. Let's, mm, I don't know where to start. Let's start with Grant Williams. I'm just going off script at this point. Let's react to that. For those that don't know, he was caught in 4K saying that he's about to make these two shots. As you know, at this point, he did not make those two shots. So now people are basically petitioning for the Celtics to get rid of him, which I think is a little bit of an overreaction after one game. But what do you think of his performance in that game versus Cleveland? Well, it, it really wasn't like the first time that folks have been calling for Grant's head for a variety of reasons. Um, but it, it was probably of all the games that I've seen Grant play in, it was probably the one game that folks just couldn't hold back any type of restraint they had about being anti-Grant. He missed a couple of really big free throws, obviously. He makes either one of those free throws and the Celtics get the win. And the, the irony of it is that, you know, Grant was lobbying for a call that he finally got. And fans often get upset and frustrated with him because he lobbies all the time for calls and never gets them. He finally gets one and he literally does not cash in on it. Uh, so, and it, to me, it was the, the whole game was just just really the best and worst of Grant. Uh, the missed free throws, obviously the worst, uh, but he had made four shots. He had like 12 points. He made as many shots in that game as he'd made in every game before that since the All-Star break. So it seemed as though it was almost like meant to be that Grant would be the one to, to get them over the hump because of the way he had been shooting the ball. But obviously he didn't make the shots that mattered most and he is caught significant heat for that. Uh, it's it's too bad because overall he had a, had a pretty good game, but obviously he didn't make the shots that mattered most. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a level of, uh, like, I think, I mean, Grant's just trying to be all he can be. And he's a guy who, you know, was a 22nd overall pick and has made himself a pretty good, turned himself into a pretty good ball player. Um, you know, not a all-star caliber, but everybody's not going to be all-star caliber. Everybody's not going to be superstar, but he's turned himself into a very serviceable quality basketball player. And he's got a great personality. He likes to talk. He's open with the media. He's very, like, he is what, that us media folks would like a lot of players to be. He's open, he's friendly, um, you know, he's he's approachable. He doesn't take himself quite too seriously. You know, now he's a vice president of the Players Union. So this is a guy at age 24, remember Grant's 24 years old, right? 
um, who has risen, uh, you know, up in the NBA, who has turned himself into a good player. Uh, now he's up for an extension this summer, but he's very talkative and everybody knows that. And it gets on people's nerves at times. And he talks to the refs and he lobbies calls, not only for himself, or, but for his teammates. And, you know, he, he's, he's a talker. It's, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Not everybody's a talker. You know, not everybody is in that, but there are also people who are, um, who are talkers. And, and I think that's fine. You know, I don't, I'm not going to ride Grant because he's personable because, because what we ask out of young people talk, don't only talk about hip hop. Don't only talk about certain subjects. Don't only talk in text, talk to us. Grant talks. Grant's well spoken. He's like, he's raised, I've met, I've met his parents, like comes from a good fan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you should root for Grant in terms of being a Celtic fan, but yeah, sometimes you can be, probably a little bit more talkative than he needs to be. And, you know, he tried, you know, he missed the free throws. I think it was in his head after the first one. I think he just tried to just get it out of the way and he front rimmed it or hit, hit the, the kind of the side of the rim. And then the Cavaliers then played with his head. And if you count, and I counted last night, there was 42 seconds in between the first and the second free throw. I mean, that's like freezing the kicker. That's like a that's like the NFL coach calling a timeout before the field goal. Like they the Cavaliers were literally trying to just freeze them. And they, they did were, a great job of that. They too. were they were switching spots at the free yep. throw line. Donovan Mitchell walks up in the middle of the lane and starts talking to his guys and like all this. It's like it's 0.8 left. Yeah. Like it's you ain't got that much. There's not there's not much you can do if he yeah, makes it. If right. he makes it, you try to throw it in bounds and take a heave. If he misses it, the game's going to overtime. So like the only thing you got to tell your guys is block out and get the rebound. Or uh, if he makes it, give it to me. I'm just gonna heave it. Okay, but it was 42 seconds in between the first free throw miss and the second free throw. That's time for Grant to think about it. And Grant's a thinker. Grant's a guy who was like, well, if I put it here, I probably shot it. Uh, I didn't shoot it hard enough. Let me put a little bit more wrist into it. He's all in his head right now, and he missed the second one. They succeeded with that. And, you know, I think that we've seen Jalen do it. We've seen guys miss free throws. Now, at the pro level, it's more rare. In college, I mean, you know. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. These yeah. kids, they're kids, right? That's all you, you know, do, do not have your favorite college team go down to the gate, come down to free throws or whatever. You're just, you're, you're pulling your hair out. But to me, I, I think that it's just hopefully a, a, a teaching moment for Grant in terms of, you know, not, oh, stop talking to the refs, but just, to, hey, man, you got to be more clutch. You gotta you you gotta hit one of those free throws. You gotta knock that would that would have been such a crit, critical and important win for the Celtics. If they steal that win, they feel so much better about themselves coming into this game on Wednesday against Portland, going on the six-game road trip than they do now. Now it's like, well, we gotta beat Portland. It's a must win. Yeah. Oh my god, like we can't lose four, five in a row or really, sorry, four in a row going on the six-game trip starting in Atlanta on Saturday. So, uh, you know, hopefully Grant's taking some time to himself, reflecting on some things. But, you know, like Missoula said, he didn't try to miss them on purpose. 
you know, he's he's a good, was he 70 something percent, 75 percent like, for the long? I think he's like 80, 83 percent, I think, for the season. Or oh, something sure. like so that. he's better than that. I'm sorry. You know, you know, he's he's a quality. So it was nerves. And between that first, I just think he tried to shut people up with the first one. Then that long wait between the second one, then he started thinking. And Grant's a thinker. He's like a lot of us. He's an analytical dude. Well, how should I take this second one? Should I shoot it harder? Should I go? I missed it a little to the left. Should I shoot it to a little to more to the right on this one? Instead of just going through, you know, like yeah. he's done a million times, he thought it out. And, you know, in Cleveland stole the win. And that was, you know, it was not a good Cleveland team. They did not, sorry, they're a good club. They did not play well. Right. Um, I thought Lamar Stevens changed the game um, with an offensive rebounding. And then Garland got hot at the right time because he had been terrible the first three and a half quarters. So to me, it's a teaching experience for Grant. There's going to be times where you cost the team the game. Jalen missed two free throws earlier this season against the Knicks. Um, you know, there's going to be times you cost your team the game. You know, Jason came up up the floor against Miami and threw it, made a critical turnover trying to find Grant in the corner. Like those now, this is obviously one of those moments you see on television where you know, we've seen on the Fresh Prince or all these TV shows where the, you know, the high school basketball game and the guy shooting the free throws to win. Like that, this is like a movie, right? This is not a, 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 a typical uh, botch play down the stretch. This is like something Grant will remember for the rest of his life in terms of like, man, I can't believe he'll be 50. I can't believe I missed some damn two free throws. But you got to bounce back and, and the whole for him is he gets in a situation and I'm sure he'll get some free throws on Wednesday, first quarter, and he knocks them down and he kind of forgets about it. And he got to, you know, does he need to be quiet or stop lobbying for call? You quit talking to all the referees all the damn time. Like, you know what? That's just who he is. Like I was in the bubble and I know like I'll end this quick, quickly. I was in the bubble. And when I was in the bubble, we saw, I was talking to uh with joe varden for the athletic last night he was in the bubble and it was just hilarious to see the first two weeks of the bubble there was no music in the games so as his reporters we got to hear everything quiet yeah. okay it was like a, it was like a summer league game right mm-hmm. it was like quiet and so when these guys are at the free throw line they're talking to each other they're talking to the refs they're talking to each other who got number four Ooh, like they're just they're ta- it's constant chatter that we don't hear uh, at a regular at a regular game, we're just talking about. So guys talk, and when I the guy that talked the most was Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was nonstop with the officials. Every call, come on, man, you gonna call that one? Oh man, like just every call, it was like he was. You you really think I got him on that one? Come on, man, it like every call, it was like, damn, this guy talks excessively. All the time, a whole game was – I know it was Kyle out. He just wore the officials out. So there's other guys that do it, okay? We just don't see it as much, right? You think Chris Paul talks to the refs a lot. You know, like, Durant's just one – it's okay. I don't have a problem with that. Now, arguing other people's calls or every call is against us, no. Like, stop it with the Celtics get screwed by the refs all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, 
everybody has a problem with the rest at one time or another. But I just think Greg doesn't need to shut up or be quiet. Just take this moment, reflect, and think, next time I'm going to knock them down. I'm going to be more poised. I'm not going to let Cleveland's, like, gangsmanship get under my skin and get to me. And um, people are like, well, what did he have to say after the game? And he did not talk. We did not even see him in the locker room. Okay, I think Grant got his stuff, and he cleared the hell out. He probably got. He probably just sitting on the bus where everybody was getting lift, lifting and eating and getting dressed. Because the locker room was not a morgue. It was not, you know, it was obviously, it was difficult after a loss. And guys are talking. It was not like this whole, you know, but it, it wasn't that Grant was in the corner, you know, crying or whatever. Grant was gone. So we did not get a chance to talk to him. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him tomorrow and see how he felt and get his comments. I do have to say I commend the level of grace that y'all gave him. And obviously, as journalists, that's what we have to do, be able to look at it from a non-emotional lens. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of fans are very upset. I will say the one caveat is that this is a regular season game and it's not the NBA finals and missing a game winning free throw. But what level of concern do you have, if any, after that mishap? For Grant specifically. Um, for Grant, you know, you know what? I think he'll make it. I mean, I don't, but, but how many times is he really going to be in that situation? True. Um, True. You know, but I, as a team, I think it was really deflating because they played so well. And then they almost got to the finish line. They were up like 11 with four minutes. It wasn't like, you know, Cleveland really cut into the lead early fourth quarter and made a big run. Like it was just the Celtics started missing shots. And then Garland got hot. And then Donovan Mitchell was just unstoppable because not only was he getting, he was getting to the rim. He was making all, he made all these acrobatic plays like that. He, he threw one off the glass uh, and got an and one that was really difficult. He, the, uh, I think the one that tied, uh, tied the game, I don't know. So put the Cavs up by one. He just, he got into the thing and just flipped it up, you know, and it just, took a couple of bounces and went like some of the shots he hit were extremely difficult. Like, and that was him, but it took, I think he took 34 shots and he scored 40 points. If you score, if you take 34 shots in an NBA game, you should score 40 freaking points. Like it's not, you know, including the three point shot, you know? So the Celtics did make them work or we dropped 40 on them, but this was not a, <laughs> this was a, not an easy 40. It was a little hard 40. They, they shut, you know, I thought Evan Mobley was good, but and, um, Garland wasn't good until late in the fourth quarter. But I said before, Stevens made the difference. And it, the concern is the breakdowns in the fourth quarter, the lack of offensive re, uh, uh, defensive rebounds, not putting yourself in position, guys being out of position, guys not making damn shots, you know, Muscala being open a couple of times, just guys who are in there to make shots. Muscala is not in there to stop nobody. He is in there to shoot the damn ball through the damn hoop as a three-point shooter, as a 40% three-point shooter. Um, he wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have guys, like, if you look at the game, Karis LeVert came off out of nowhere and hit a three. Lamar Stevens hit a three. Like, you got to have guys other than your stars play to get you some of these wins sometimes. You got to have a guy step up. And nobody for the Celtics, other than I said, Jalen and Malcolm were good. 
Derek had his moments where Derek wasn't great. Like no one stepped up and made like, okay, I'm gonna make a play here. You know, Peyton tried. I mean, got to the rim on that last play. If he hits the layup, we're not talking about this. He missed the layup. And then people don't talk about the tip. When Mark when Grant missed the freak though, Marcus almost tipped it in. He didn't. It went out. Like sometimes it was just, that's some badass luck. Peyton missed the, missed the layup. Grant missed the two freak throws. Mark, like sometimes it's just like, you make your own luck, I guess. But they didn't have anyone in down the stretch. I'll say, because Jalen was dog tired. Marcus was just chucking him up. Like Marcus did not have a good game. Marcus just, he was, he was three point crazy again. He was old Marcus. Oh, I'm open. Okay. I'll just take a three, you know, like, and I think the problem with the Celtics is they're trying to win games with threes. They're trying to pull away instead of getting the defensive rebound, the 50, 50 ball, getting that defensive stop. They're trying to win the game by hitting that dagger three, that ain't, that's pretty stuff. That ain't, that's, you know, that ain't going to happen. That's golden state ball. Like they ain't golden state, you know, um, you got to win it dirty and the Celtics ain't ready to get dirty yet. Well, here's the thing about Grant. Cause I mean, the, the, the initial was just, the initial question was just about just Grant going forward. This was a, this was an, a game that reminds us why having, your best available talent is your best pathway to success. One of the things we haven't talked about was the fact that the Celtics played this game without their starting front court. How many teams can go into a game and play a team that's in the top three or four in the conference on the road and actually compete with them when you don't have your starting small forward, power forward, or center playing at all? And yet there the Celtics were basically in position to win this game. Uh, I'm concerned about Grant because he seemed to have shaken off some of those doldrums that we saw in this post-All-Star break period where he wasn't looking to shoot. And when he had opportunities to shoot, he was hesitant to do so. Cleveland, for the most part, he seemed to be finally shaking free of that and taking shots in rhythm, uh, showing the kind of confidence we saw earlier in the season when the idea of him being a 18, 19, $20 million player, while still a bit far-fetched, wasn't completely absurd and out of the question. This game and the way it ended for him and the way that he had a chance to put it away and wasn't able to, I am worried about how this is going to affect his confidence going forward because they are going to need Grant at some point in this journey to make a deep playoff run. They're going to need him to have one of those games that just stands out. Uh, I, I think back to Kelly Olynyk and we, and we talk about game seven, Kelly Olynyk against the Washington Wizards. The best game he played as a Celtic and as it turned out, it was his last game uh, of significance as a member of the Celtics. Grant is, has the potential to have those type of games in the postseason if he's confident enough to step up when the opportunity presents itself. He showed great signs of that against Cleveland. Considering how things ended, I am concerned that he's going to revert back to what we saw previous four or five games prior to the Cleveland game where he just wasn't playing with confidence. That's my big concern with him. It's not his ability at this point. It's will he play with the kind of confidence so that ability, when it's at its best, can be seen. And the common thread, I think, between what both of you said is, even though that was a obviously very tragic way to lose the game, this is also hopefully a reminder for Grant to not lose himself. Because even if people think he chirps too much or he takes too many shots or whatever the case may be, him not being himself is going to obviously, I think, be reflected on the floor. And if that comes down to him still having to chirp at refs for him to stay true to who he is, I think that's going to be the players the Celtics are going to need to continue, like you said, to move forward. 
but we had to get Grant off of our chests for the sake of the fans because even the comments today all over Twitter were just about Grant. Actually, side note, the Celtics tweeted a video of a panel that I did. I think I talked to you guys about it called Spread the Health. And all the replies to that video were about Grant Williams. And I was like, this has nothing to do with the subject in this video, but understandably so. Fans, I gotta let it out somewhere. So clearly that was a video and I, I had to be a victim of it as well. But let's talk about this team overall. We talked about the fact that they are now on a three game losing streak, four out of their last games lost, led by double digits in those last three losses and unfortunately fumbled it away. So right now, what's your level of concern? There's still only two games behind Milwaukee, right on top of Philly in the Eastern Conference standings. It doesn't seem as though people should be as dramatic as they are being, but I want to see what you two think about where the Celtics stand right now. Well, I, I think it's it's a bit premature to to call them, you know, dead and buried and, and yeah. done with. That absolutely is premature. But they have fallen back to earth a little bit from what had been a season where they just seem head and shoulders above anyone and everyone else. And that concerns me because I don't know if they can get back to being as good as they were at the start of the season, or frankly, if they can be better than they are right now. The Celtics are not a bad team. They're not playing really horrible basketball. They're just making mistakes at the most critically bad times in games. Uh, They're showing, basically, they're, they're letting their defenses down at the most inopportune moments of games. When you lead opponents by double digits this doesn't guarantee you're going to win but typically when you're on a losing skid there's usually a game or two in that skid where you just frankly you just don't get it done they uh, other team takes control and you're never able you're playing catch up all game long that hasn't been the case with the Celtics they have had control of all of these games that they've lost but they found a way when it matters most to not be the best version of who they are uh and again I, I I'm concerned that they are not going to figure out how to do that and obviously with guys in and out of the lineup, whether it's injuries, load management, back-to-back, whatever it may be, the opportunities to continue to gel are not going to be significantly plentiful, uh, particularly when you talk about Robert Williams, who's going to be out for pretty much the rest of the regular season, minus a, a few games at the very end. And there's no telling he'll play then because they'll be so close to the playoffs. So they got to figure out how to make this thing work and, and be a better version of what we're seeing now because some of the teams that they are basically struggling with and choking leads to are the teams that they may see in the first and second round of the playoffs. Uh, New York looks like a very different team. Cleveland has already shown throughout the regular season. They kind of got their number. Philadelphia is one of the few teams near the top of the pack where, you know, the Celtics have have shown themselves to be better. And Milwaukee is, is the best team in the NBA right now, if we're being honest. So, Right there, those are four teams that could easily see Boston could see in the first or second round that could potentially knock them out if they're not careful. Yeah, I think um, there's some reason for concern. And I know Joe said the other night that he's not concerned and everything's fine. Like they blew a 28 point lead against the Nets and they just stopped freaking playing. They started messing around with the game and they let. Mikael Bridges get whatever he wanted till he got hot. Then other guys started joining in and hitting shots. They got more confidence, and the Nets took the game from them. The, the Celtics should have been pissed after that. They play the Knicks. They can't stop Emmanuel quickly. Quickly is dancing every after every basket. It doesn't seem to bother the Celtics. Um, they can't. They don't have anybody to stop him off the dribble. 
Missoula doesn't play Joel. Uh, sorry, uh, Joel Missoula doesn't play Peyton Pritchard in that game. Um, he's the quickest guy, and you know, but no one can stop quickly off the dribble. So he gets wherever he wants, and he he hits every big basket. And then they come back against Cleveland and play a pretty great game. I thought great first three and a half quarters. They matched every run. And then they gave it up at the end and you can blame fatigue and old poor, but it's like, to me, I don't know if the personnel's right anymore. Like, okay. With Williams out, who's your big and Horford's not going to play back to back. So when Williams out, um, you know, they're forced to, they started Mike Muscala and Blake Griffin. Okay. Um, that just doesn't, is a, if I'm a Celtic fan, it doesn't make me feel very comfortable. Um, now, you know, Horford, Horford will be back during this road trip. I think they have one back-to-back um, on the road trip, the Portland-Utah stretch. Um, so he'll probably not play, obviously, against the Jazz next Saturday. Um, but he'll play the – you would think he'd play the rest of the games in that six-game trip. But, like, they just – I'm just a little uncomfortable with this depth because I thought Brogdon is fine. Hauser – Hauser and Muscala are a lot alike. If they're not hitting shots, there's no reason to have them on the damn floor. Okay. When they're hitting shots, the Celtics are a much better team because now they have somebody else who can score besides Jason and Jalen. If they're not, then they're liabilities because teams are going to go at them de- defensively. You saw it. Teams went at Muscala against the, the Knicks went at Muscala and so did the Cavaliers, you know, like, so you got two defensive liabilities on the floor. You've got Blake Griffin, who really can't score besides maybe a three and at the rim. Um, you know, and so to me, and then you have Marcus, who just hasn't been good. He's not had a great year. Like he just, he's, you know, he's, he's not matched his defensive player of the year. He had a great year last year. He just offensively, he just hasn't been good. The three has not been going down as consistently He's gotten back to old frivolous, like, let me chuck this up, Marcus. Let me just fire it up. And, you know, he was four for 17 against the Cavaliers. You know, um, and he, I think he took 12 threes, 11 or 12 threes. It's like, to me, I'm concerned because they got to learn how to finish games and they got to learn how to win ugly. And they, and they need, and we've talked about this, and I guess Brad ain't going to do it. They need another dog in this team. Bickerstaff put Lamar Stevens in for the express purpose of bringing energy, being a dog, and and punking the Celtics, and he did it. He got every damn offensive rebound. He hit a three. He got to the rim and and scored on a strong layup. Like, that's what you want. You want a dog out there. Mascara's not no damn dog. Howard ain't no dog. Blake's used to be a dog and can be at times. You know, you just don't, and, and we all know Luke Cornell ain't no dog. He's a nice guy. He's a he's like the most reluctant seven-footer in the history of the NBA. Like, he, he, he doesn't use his height to his advantage at all, unless he has to. So what do you have? Like, I'm not talking about the starters. The starters are fine. Derek White's been very good. Brogdon, I'm just talking about, like, having another guy come up and make a play for you to win that game. They – Desperately needed somebody else to come up and make a play. The Knicks pulled Emmanuel Quigley off the bench, and he scored 38 points against the Celtics. Like, to me, I'm not saying 
you know, and the Knicks have drafted well. Like, I think the Knicks, besides not getting Donovan Mitchell, have done a fantastic job of they drafted Jericho Sims, they drafted Mitchell uh, Robinson. They have their draft picks have worked out well. Quickly came out of nowhere, out of Kentucky, a one and done, and it is going to get paid in this league. Like, he's going to be starting somewhere for some team, if it's not the Knicks, um, somewhere. But the Celtics, I just think they need something different. They need something else. And, you know, Joe's rotations are kind of all over the place, but they just don't have no dogs out there. Lamar, I just brought that. I just thought it's like, okay, Bickerstaff benched a Coral. Well, Coral just wasn't good. It was like, Lamar. Go out there and get us this game. Go out there and get a second chance points. If he doesn't get five offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter, like you know, like five extra possessions. I think they scored. I think uh, Cleveland scored thirty-one points in the fourth quarter. Fourteen of those were second chance points. Like you, it's embarrassing. And this doesn't have to be. We have to be hurt by this. We have to be pissed. But who is going to go out there and be like, okay, I'm pulling down eighteen boards tonight? You don't have Robert Williams, and as much as I think we all love Robert, he just can't stay healthy. This is who he is. This is who he is. If you if he gives you sixty games, you 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 you, you, you applaud that, okay? Because suddenly, you know, he's a knee, his ankle, and then he pulls a hamstring, which is the trickiest. Sure, in quite the trickiest injury. Like you don't mess with hamstrings. You don't come back a week early from a hamstring injury. Never. So re- you really think Robert's going to be out seven to ten days? Unless, I mean, now who who knows? It could be a very minor strain. But I just don't see them saying, okay, Robert, come back on the road trip. You'll be fine. They're going to make sure he's ready for the playoffs. Yep. And so I, as I've written, Brad has an open roster spot. It's time to bring in a dog. Time to bring in another dog. If it's Dwight Howard, you know what? <laughs> your chemistry is already strong. You're, you're, he, you know, you're not going to bring up, you know, I think, here's what I think. I think Brad was burned by Tristan Thompson. Yeah. He, he took a chance on Tristan, thinking Tristan's going to be a leader, NBA nope. champion. Tristan was partying too much. He was, he was, he was, Brad did not enjoy coaching him. It was not why 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 are you laughing, Kwani? Because it's all accurate. I'm just you know. <laughs> <laughs> Kwani was in the street. Kwani said on the streets. <laughs> Kwani <laughs> was like, "You right? He was out." Because I was there too. Don't answer that question, Kwani. Kwani was like, Kwani was in the streets. The fifth. The fifth. Like the bro man. Um, <laughs> So I think Brad was burned by Tristan Thompson, burned by his overall negativity in the locker room. It was like, I'm not doing that again. I'm a, you know, and I think there are guys out there that are professionals you can bring in. You know what? If it's just for a damn 10 day, give Robert a break. Give Al a break. Don't play as much cornet and get, get a big in there or who can who can just who can be a dog? You need somebody like they got outworked. Cleveland got every 50-50 ball in the fourth quarter. They got every offensive rebound. That's why the Celtics lost. They didn't lose because of Grant. 
They lost. I mean, they could have won because of Grant, totally. But that would have got them off the hook because they blew that game, had blown that game already. They had blown that game already when Grant got to the free throw line. They should have won that game by eight to ten points. They should have held on because every great team makes a, every good team makes a run, and they should have held on for that win. But they didn't get offensive rebounds. You give Darius Garland two, three shots at the three pointer. He's gonna hit one of them. So you know what? The Celtics, I'm concerned because they got to they got to get tougher, and it's not their star players. And I don't know if they have the roster. Those guys who are tough, who are dogs, dogs. I need I need some. If you got to bring up Mafundu Kevangeli because the G League season's about to end, bring him up. Bring up JD Davidson. Like bring up somebody. Got to be a dog around here. There's not, you know. They, they, you know, and, and if you guys know that y'all watch the game, like, you know, I mean, offensive rebound, Donovan had 11 rebounds. He was, he, he fought for some rebound. I was like, damn, dude, hustling. Yeah. Like, he fought for some offensive. He fouled his shot. And at one tip in where he got fouled at the rim, and he tipped it in. Like, that was hustle. That's want to. And as Blake Griffin told me last night, like, we got to have more want to. You got to have more desire, more fire. fire. <laughs> like Rick James, Tina Marie, fire desire. <laughs> oh, Lord. I knew he was about to break out of that song somehow. No, they better leave them. Anyway, um, more fire, more, more want to from these guys. They've lost it because they didn't have a deaf damn want to. They didn't block out Mitchell Robinson against the Knicks. They let quickly get into the rim. No one knocked the hell out of him. Nope, don't touch him. Knock the hell out this dude. If you're going to do all that, you're going to damn seed walk after every basket. Like, you know, somewhere, Trod's buddy Rick Mahorn is up there laughing. They laughing at you. These old schools laughing at you, man. You let them quickly dance after every basket. Like, they need a dog. That's what I think they need. I'm not saying they can't win a championship without it, but you got an open roster spot, Brad. Why? Why are you... Milwaukee went and got Gordon Dragic. Do you really think they're going to use him a lot? Nope. They just wanted to get another guard in there. Philadelphia just got Dwayne Dedman. Washington just signed the Australian player of the year. He coming now. Like, all the, if Washington making moves, what's up with you? The Celtics can't make no moves? You can't find nobody on the street? That's all I got. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> all right well last week we did mention that we we're going to talk about lebron at this point you probably know that he'll be out at least at this point it'd be for at least two more weeks we want to talk about ja oh we kind of talked about ja we did, there but not since he you know not since the gun thing <laughs> since the video since the yeah. video there's been video. There's evidence now that he uh, allegedly because Jaws new video is out. The folks. They said apparent weapon. Jaws got yeah. a new video out, folks. Go check it out on BET. But I do appreciate. I saw his father actually posted on Facebook, and I probably should have confirmed that was legit. But it, he basically acknowledged the fact that you know his son made a mistake, but also gave him the grace that we also I think should give him. But I think the points that you two made last week were, were really just nailing it on the head of 
you don't need to pretend to be someone you're not. And that's been the commentary throughout the last few days of just, you're in the league, you've made it. Like there's no reason to be involved in activities just because you feel as though that makes you cool. So I, I, there, I think the league is now obviously doing an investigation because if he did have this weapon on him during the flight, the journey to Colorado, then there are other, I think, obviously consequences for him in regards to the CBA rules. So I think that after the investigation, we can definitely dive into that a little bit more. But Gary, you know Kwani, yeah. it's just like, and as much as I talk about the old school, Sherrod, like we, we just lived our lives in truth. Mm-hmm. Just like that prophet MC Light said, you ain't guard the door. So what you got a gun for? Like to me, to me, Ja, what you doing with a gun? Who are you going to shoot? Stop that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then quit glamorizing it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. And I, 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 you know, I'm sure he needs help. And I've heard some other things um, about, you know, Ja and his lifestyle. But like, these dudes, you know, and, yeah. and we know, and Sherrod and I, especially, we've been covering the league since the 90s. We know dudes that was living that, that gang life that were literally in the league. There's a handful of guys that were, and I know a dude in the NFL who, 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 who uh, that I grew up, not grew up with, grew up in the same circles with, who was cripping in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's possible. For sure. It happens. And I'm not saying it's ridiculous, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And I just think Ja needs some intervention and he needs his father and he needs other people around him to let him know that this ain't, this is like this um the street life ain't for you. Yeah, you don't need it. You're good. No, it doesn't make you cool. And thank I you just, to our producer Ahmed who just I, put it in the group chat because I, I mentioned that the CBA obviously is now the reason why the league is investigating but it does say if there's a firearm on any team premises which includes the team play playing then there's an automatic 50 game suspension and that's why the league is trying to ascertain where that gun that he had allegedly in that video where it came from who it belonged to and that could obviously have a ripple effect on his team and of course the western conference well my my, my, yeah my big fear my big fear with, with Ja is that his career will continue to go in a direction it shouldn't go. And he'll be the subject of if only he could have been XYZ, 30 for 30 type special. That again, this becomes not so much a just kind of a, a just a hiccup on the on his journey, but this becomes the the the, the destination where his career winds up going. I mean, th- this is some serious stuff if if some of these charges are in fact proven to be correct. And I mean, this could easily derail an incredibly promising career because yes, he is young and he's extremely talented, but damn, but this is the easiest way for someone who's young and extremely talented to have that not become a factor in their development and growth. Uh, I worry about Ja, Uh, I really do because he's a hell of a player. And when you're that talented, you have to insulate yourself uh, in a way to prevent this type of stuff from happening. Uh, and he, he has to be smarter about his career, both as a player on the court and off the court. 
Uh, because we all know the game, just because the ball stops bouncing doesn't mean the game is over. The game's always being played. Uh, but are you being played or are you playing the game? That's what Jod needs to figure out and get and understand what he needs to do to get his stuff together. Elsewhere around the league, LeBron James uh, tweet on Monday night. He was tweeting about how, man, Bronny definitely is better than some of these cats. I've been watching on League Pass today. Expletive, lightweight, hilarious. But my boss actually had a theory that that tweet went around out the same time when Grant missed those free throws. So do we think he was talking about someone specifically or is he just trying to be petty in general as LeBron likes to do? Petty. <laughs> petty. He's just being petty. Uh, first of all, his son is not better. Because he's than- not an elite. Yeah, I mean, when those players, when you talk about those players, you're basing their talent on playing against other players who are in the league. Bronny, not even the best high school player. If I don't even know if he's in the top 10 high school players. So if you're not even in top 10 at that level, come on now, stop. Stop, stop, Bron, Bron, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like being, it's like being top 15 player on, on a freshman, among freshmen, but you ain't on varsity. Stop. Go ahead, G. Yeah, I, I think I think LeBron was being funny, petty at the same time, probably looking at some bad games or who knows what games he was looking at uh, in terms. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to – the one thing I'm not going to do yeah. is down on Bron, LeBron James Jr. Like, I'm just not going to <laughs> – oh, he's trash. He's not as good. Like, I get it. He's, he's not a – the number one player in the nation. He's not Victor Wimbiyama. He's not Scoot Henderson. But he might turn out to be a really good pro. We just don't know. Give him a chance to develop. Give him a chance to learn. Give him a chance to do a year in college. And maybe two. Who knows? And I, I don't want to denigrate a 17-year-old kid. And I'm hearing that his son, younger son, uh, Bryce, is, is, is bigger and even a better prospect. You know, And I think he's 14, either freshman or or 13, 14 years old, or whatever. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, down on Bronny. I, you know, he seems to be, a, I mean, he's 6'3". You know, he's not like the physical, but he might not have stopped growing yet. So I'm going to give him a chance. Do I think he could play in the NBA now? No. Um, you know, because there's a lot of guys in the NBA who are great. I mean, you know, it's like that whole theory where, I remember that thing where, like, um, Everybody, NBC Boston, all these like YMCA superstars thought they could beat Scal because they look at Scal and they're like, oh, you can't play. Um, you're some, you know, you're a six foot eight white dude. You can't play. Uh, uh, you look like, you know, you're you're gangly and awkward. Like you you can't do nothing with me. And he was killing all of them. Remember, remember that was like five or six years ago? Like, like Scal's playing. He, like these dudes made the lead for a reason. If you turn around and, and invite, uh, you know, Mike Muscala to your pickup game in whatever in like in Springfield or whatever city, he's going domi- to yeah. dominate. Dominate. It's not even funny. Some respect on their names. Like, yeah, like like stop stop calling these guys trash. Terrible. They're terrible in the sense of they're the four hundredth best player out of four hundred fifty. That's not trash. That's the yeah. They're not the great. They're of, of the highest of high. They're low. Okay, you want to criticize them for that, but um, no, there's no way Bronny at this point can play in the league now. 
can he will he have a great career? Who knows? He might be able to play very well and be a maybe an all-star one day. I'm not gonna limit his 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 grind, his you know, he seems to be working hard, um, making his trying to make his own name for himself. Obviously, his dad is an amazing um meteoric figure, but um I think LeBron be messing around. Like he got a lot of time on his hands for doing with three kids. Sometimes he be, he be tweeting a lot, but I, I think it's fun. You know what? If you think your son is the greatest, I would, you know, if you want to do LeVar Ball on him, LeVar Ball. Like I wish, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of us wish our fathers would have been just as supportive and loved our sons just as much as LeBron loves his sons and LeVar Ball thinks his sons are the greatest players on the face of the earth. I think a lot of us would have appreciated support like that from our fathers. Yeah. Shout out to the black dads. I love that. All right. That's a wrap on the A-List podcast this week. Any final words, my friends, before we go? Celtics need to win. Gary's team needs to win. Just saying. (laughs) Just because he's wearing a green hoodie. They signed my checks. Um, same thing. Celtic green, Boston thing. Globe. Y'all wanted to say whatever. Just stop it. Oh, yeah, it should be an interesting time. I don't think the season's over, but I mean, not the season's over. I don't, I think they still number, number one seed. Interesting game tonight, folks, for those listening, Milwaukee, Place at Orlando without Giannis and Drew Holiday. So if the Magic step up and bite uh, the Bucks, and then the Celtics win tomorrow, they're back to a game back. So you know, anything it, possible. Anything you know, and then remember the Celtics have one more matchup in Milwaukee later in the month. So uh, don't give up on the number one seed, but they do, as Sharad said, they need to pick it up and start winning now. You heard it here first, folks. Don't give up on your team. It's not the end. It's not over till it's over. That's all I got to say. For HR Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Connie Lunas. Thank you so much for listening to the corniest A-list podcast. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>